take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 1. We have been talking about this first quarter, about being designed, designed to give in January, designed to be loved in February, designed to overcome in March. And then we're going to begin a people series, People of God's Presence. What an exciting opportunity we have coming into Easter, recognizing that the disciples knew a physical presence of Jesus Christ. They knew He was walking with them, talking with them. They didn't understand that when Jesus said, I must go, you see, their idea of the presence was that it was right here, right now. The problem with that is the physical presence, though immediate, when Jesus was not within their eyesight, but he was far away, they didn't know his presence. My friend, God's plan was that he would send his Holy Spirit, that his Spirit would be with us and live in us. That no matter where you are, you have the presence of God with you. Amen? That is reason enough to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? I urge you, if uh, you are interested in being a part of a mission trip, we have a mission trip coming up to Honduras. The cost is $1,600. We're going to have a quite a few uh, opportunities to raise money for that. So if you have any interest in going, please let us know. We need to know by the end of this month so we can get that team going, get it ready. If you have your Bibles to Joshua 1, let's stand together for reading God's Word. This is kind of the introduction to this month's series. In Joshua chapter 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, by the way, it didn't mean he didn't have a father, okay? Just thought I'd clarify that for you. Moses' aid, Moses' servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I'll give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, to all the Hittite country, to the great sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Then look at what he says. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left. That you may do and be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. See that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Father, thank you for the promise of your presence. Thank you that no matter what is happening, no matter what the situation or circumstance is, that, Lord, you are right there, and we thank you for that. God, make us aware of that. I pray that, Lord, you would grant us the spirit of wisdom, revelation, the knowledge of you, that you would quicken our heart to understand what it means that you are right here with us, and we thank you for that, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I want to give you a bit of background. You notice how many times that God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Now, when he says that three times, do not be discouraged, be strong and courageous, 
over and over again when he emphasizes that, it's that God has some information that Joshua wasn't quite aware of himself. <laughs> you see, when God asks you a question, it's not that he wants information. He knows. He wants to know if you know. <laughs> and in the situation, it's really that you look at the background of Joshua. You understand that he was an understudy of Moses. He was Moses' right hand. He was right there. But that he had some big shoes to fill, didn't he? When God had spoken and told Joshua that Moses was now dead, and it was his turn to take the children of God, the Israelites, into the promised land. You can imagine that Joshua is kind of thinking, uh, am I ready for this? You remember Joshua, over 40 years earlier, had been a part of that when they took one out of each of the tribes, and these 12 men went into the land, and they came back, and we know that eight brought back, or, or ten brought back, a, a bad report. The report was, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. They're going to kill us. According to the Thompson translation, we're dead meat. I took literal license there. But Joshua and Caleb, we knew, came back, and you probably have uh, maybe seen the pictures of that. They, they had these big things like grapes the size of bowling balls and it says, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And they were excited and said, this is exactly what God promised. Let's go up and take the land. But they took a vote. Anywhere where politics are involved, it's not good. <laughs> took a vote and what happened? Ten were more than two. You know the story. They chose not to go. Moses brought the news. You know what? This is not God's plan. God commands you to go in and take this land. But because you have chosen not to, you will wander in the desert for 40 years until this generation is no more. And it will raise up a generation that will listen to him, that will hear his word, that will go in. Of course, you know, in Petrus, as they were, they said, okay, we rebelled. We know we did bad. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and we're, we're going to take the land. And, Joshua, and Moses and Joshua said, no, time out. Not a good plan. This is not right. God will not be with you. They went in anyway. What happened? They were driven back, driven out. So Joshua has this memory. Joshua remembers the rebellion of Korah when over 15,000 were struck dead. Joshua remembered how many rebellions over and over again happened again and again. This is information he had. Joshua recognized and realized that he was following Moses in which God said in Deuteronomy, that there is not since risen in Israel a prophet like Moses whom knew, who knew the Lord face to face. So Joshua has all this knowledge and is thinking, how can I follow this guy? That there is no one in Israel that has risen a prophet such as him that knows God face to face. How can I do this? You see, all those things God knew would run through Joshua's mind because Joshua was about to do something that God commanded that was above and beyond his understanding, above and beyond his pay grade, something that he could never do on his own. And God knew that all these memories, all these things would run through his head. That's why God, ahead of time, said, as I told Moses, I'll tell you, I'll be with you wherever you go. 
That's why again and again we see in these first nine verses that God says, do not be discouraged. Do not fear. Be of courage. I will be with you. It's the promise of God. He promised again and again so that Joshua would have a firm understanding and recognition. Now, I knew that when I was called, Mark, and I didn't come, and I heard a second time, Mark, this time a little firmer, finally a first time, Mark Randall, I knew I better get there real quick or I was in trouble. So anytime you hear something three times, you realize it's serious. You realize that it's something we need to take note of. So Joshua had a foundation and understanding that God wanted him to get across into his mind, into his heart, not to be discouraged, not to be fearful. Now, we don't understand and really know what was going on in Joshua's mind. Joshua at this point could have been excited and thought, this is my chance. All right, this is all right. Forty years ago, they blew up, but this is it. Let's go. Or he could have been in fear trepidation. We don't know. But we know that God set a foundation for him to recognize and realize, I will be with you. It's that that we need to understand this morning, that God's promise has never changed. God's promise of his presence is today, now. Amen? And it's a realization that he wants us to understand that he has set for us a foundation of understanding, not just mentally, but spiritually, an understanding that God will always be with us. You see, God confirmed to Joshua what Moses already said. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, he said, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The very words that Moses spoke earlier that we find to Deuteronomy, God verbatim says to Joshua. Was that by accident? No. God wanted Joshua to hear those words. He wanted Joshua to understand that there was something that was going to happen and that he needed God's presence. He needed to understand God's presence. But that promise was not just a promise of, I'll be with you. In other words, I'll be in your vicinity. No, it's much larger than that. It's much bigger than that. And it's the same promise that we have. It's that that we are looking forward as we begin to come to celebrate Easter, the realization of that that Jesus promised to the disciples. You can imagine, as Jesus had said, you know, I'm going to go away. And they said, no, this can't happen. He'd only been with them three years. It'd just been ministry three years where they're really talking and seeing all the things. They saw the miracles he did. They heard what he spoke, and they, and they saw the things that happened, and they were amazed. You can imagine they were thinking in their mind, this, this can't be it. This is just the beginning. And yes, it was the beginning. But we see that Jesus used an analogy to describe what the disciples were feeling, that Jesus understood their heart. He knew what was going on. And he began in John 14 and said, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another comforter who will be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And then Jesus gave this analogy, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So consider the power of God's presence afforded to us. Consider that that promise is that that Jesus gave to the disciples, that that we can know. Because when we receive Jesus Christ, it says we receive the Spirit of God who lives in us. The promise of God's presence. So no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, guess what? 
God is right there with you. Amen? That's His promise confirmed. That's why, as the promise was, and as He told Joshua, look what He says. He says this, do not turn from the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. In other words, don't deviate from God's plan. That is a word for us today. Don't deviate from God's plan and purpose for your life. It's easy to get distracted today, isn't it? It's easy to get distracted by all the things going on. But we to understand, we cannot deviate from God's plan. There it's going to be roadblocks the enemy's going to try to throw in your path. There's going to be things the enemy's going to try to come against you with. Why? He wants to distract you. He wants you to deviate from God's plan. Why? If he can get you to deviate from God's plan, it's a longer route to God's purpose in your life. We don't need that. The shortest distance two lines or two points is what? A straight line. That's what he was talking about. He's saying, Joshua, don't deviate. You see, God's purpose is glorious and powerful. The problem is, because of our freedom of will, sometimes we deviate. Instead of getting to his purpose so that he can enact that in our lives, that he can enact his purpose in and through us, we seem to deviate. We seem to kind of take those long ways around. Even when we think they're shortcuts, guess what? They're not short. They're long, aren't they? And then he said this. He said, Joshua, don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be able to carefully do everything that is written in it. You see, we need to stay fixed on God's plan. We do that by declaring God's word, reminding us of his promises. That's why Hebrews reminds us and tells us, look at this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You see, meditating in God's words is not something we're called to do just because uh, it's important. It's because the enemy wants to distract us. You see, here's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to make you a dumping ground for every lie, deceitful scheme of all the things you've done in your past. Jesus Christ settled the past. Amen? He went to the cross. He died. He shed his blood. And when your sins are forgiven, they're removed from you as far as the east from the west. But the enemy wants to drag them up, dredge them up, and he wants to make your mind a dumping ground. And so he throws all this stuff at you. Now, your choice is this. You can have a big garbage can that has your name on it. And you can say, my mind. And you can allow the enemy just to dump all that garbage. Or you can say, no, that's not who I am. It may be what I once was. But I am transformed. I am changed by the power of God. You see, it is that that God told Joshua, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. In other words, don't ever stop speaking it. He knew that Joshua needed to confirm to himself again and again God's purpose and his plan because there are things coming up that Joshua needed to be reminded that God was there, that God's plan is perfect. It's his good and perfect will, Amen. It's not that that we just kind of juggle and say, oh, that sounds good. Maybe I'll try that. No, 
God, from the beginning of time, before one of your days existed, he had a plan for your life. That's why he's called the mighty God. Why? He has the power to cause that plan to come to fruition in your life. But here's the issue. Unless we put the word into action in our life, all these promises can be received. Because as you know, those promises carry conditions, don't they? And if we refuse the conditions and don't comply with the conditions, we can understand the promise. You know why? It's because God wants us to see the bigger picture here. He wants us to understand what he has for us. That's why James tells us, therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You see, the only way Joshua is going to be successful was to do what? Obey God's word. The only way he was going to be successful, the only way that God's plan is going to come to fruition is Joshua was going to say, yes, Lord, I hear you. I'm going to go obey your word. We're going to see that just uh, next week as we begin to look and see the things that God had coming up. You see, there's a road that God calls us to travel. It's a road that he promises that he will be with us every step of the way. It's a road that he doesn't let us know ahead of time what's going to happen, but he tells us what the destination is. Aren't you glad for that? It's a destination that he calls us to fix our eyes upon. It's that that Paul said, I forget what is behind. I look to the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. You see, Paul could have looked and he could have reminded himself of all the mess in his life, how many times he blew it. He could have been reminded that he stood and the clothes of Stephen were placed at his feet as he gave witness to Stephen being being stoned right there in the book of Acts. He could have been reminded of how many times he messed up. But Paul said, I forget those things that are behind. I press on to the high calling of Jesus Christ. You can do that today. You see, God's promise to us, and he tells us, he wants that foundation to be laid. Be of courage. Do not fear. I am with you wherever you go. Even when you deviate, guess what? God isn't saying, hey, get back here. What's the matter with you? No, he goes with you and says, hey, come on. We need to get back on that path. There's a purpose I have for you. Friend, God has a purpose for your life. Amen. And maybe you're in a place right now where things are kind of cloudy and just you can't see clearly. Today, you can make a decision and say, Lord, I want to get on your path. Would you bow your hands? Father, in the name of Jesus right now, thank you for the promise you have for us, the promise of your presence, that you will never leave us or forsake us. We thank you for that. And so right now, Father, I pray, God, that, Lord, we would hear that cry. We would say yes to you. God, we would allow, God, that fogginess, God, just to lift off as we look to you and say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And so right now, we just say yes to you. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. Please, no one looking around. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I, I don't know God's plan for my life. I need to know that plan. I need to surrender my life right now.
to Jesus because I want to know his plan. Would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to know that. Yes. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's pray this right now. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for giving me a way and a hope and a life that before you even, I even knew you, you loved me and you gave your life for me. So I ask you right now to come into my heart and cleanse me from my sin. I choose to make you Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer meant it, you are part of the family of God. Amen. And God has given you his word. He wants you to understand that he will never leave you, forsake you. He wants to make his presence known in your life. We serve an awesome God. Amen. The ushers are going to be right there already. I'm asking them to come forward. We're going to take a special offering right now for our missionaries. We need to get this Bible college built. There's a lot of churches that need pastors. And so ushers, that you please come? Father, thank you that you are a provision in our source. And Lord, I pray that you'd provide. God, provide the money that is needed. Thank you that this is not a difficult thing for you. And so we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you'd provide for this Bible college. God, that pastors, teachers, evangelists can be raised up out of Lesotho to go all over Africa, all over the world. And we thank you for that. We ask it in the name of Jesus.